Hi, I'm Chris Pearson, president of 5G Americas. I am very positive and optimistic that 5G could change the world. Hi, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. But before we dive into 5G, we like to get to know our guests a little bit better through a recurring segment where I pose three questions from the Prowse questionnaire. So Chris, are you ready for those? Yes, I am. All right. Question number one, what do you consider your greatest achievement? My greatest achievement, I would say, is uh, being a father or a dad. Um, in many senses, there's nothing more in life that you can do as, as far as the responsibility to not only your children, but society of really planting the right type of seeds for the future of the world. And question number two, Chris, what quality do you most like in a person? Honesty. Um, there's nothing that... Uh, can replace honesty. Um, luckily, uh, I grew up in a household where I think my, my dad was uh, honest to a fault, which I think drove my mom nuts when she was alive. But I would say, yes, honesty is uh, the number one uh, virtue that I like in a person. Final question, Chris, and before I, I put this one out there for the recurring listeners of the show, this is the first time we have ever posed this question from the Prowse questionnaire. So Chris, how would you like to die? How would I like to die? So, yeah, great question. Uh, I want to, you know, if I, first I like to say, I want to live a long and healthy life. There's probably nothing more important uh, than a person's health in life. If you look at everything that's involved in, in living life to the fullest, if you have your health, um, you have everything. And I want to live a long, happy, and healthy life. And if I, uh, when it's time for uh, me to kick it in and die, I want to be uh, die quietly, uh, surrounded by my family. All right, Chris. Now let's uh, talk a little bit about 5G. Uh, 5G Americas provides a, a huge amount of just really valuable content uh, regarding 5G, how it's being viewed by operators and the industry, technology roadmaps, all of that. That's available at 5Gamericas.org. You all recently put out a statement uh, regarding mid-band spectrum for commercial wireless use. So just to set the scene here, the, the kind of vision is to have a mix of low, mid, high band spectrum for 5G to get the appropriate mix of coverage and capacity. We've seen some variability in the approaches of U.S. operators. And so I was hoping you could maybe give us just a bit of an overview of the mid-band landscape as it relates to 5G in the U.S. and maybe highlight any relevant regulatory processes that are going on and give us a little perspective on how you see mid-band in the U.S., the availability of it or lack thereof impacting uh, the commercial ability from an operator perspective of 5G services. Yeah, you, you uh, have a, quite a few questions in that uh, question, so I will go through uh, an overview and, and uh, separate them out. First, I'd like to say that the U.S. is definitely a leader when it comes to identifying and allocating high band spectrum, which would be considered a millimeter wave uh, in the industry. And so we've uh, done a great job of uh, getting that uh, out there to auctions and allowing private transactions. And there will be a, a definitely a key piece of the uh, low, mid, and high band strategy. But as I just said, it is going to be to 
a strategy of operators to have low, mid, and high band spectrum, no matter where you are in the world, to reach that full potential of 5G. And so you might have low band for kind of a coverage layer um, and, and, and some you know, increases in speed and capabilities. You'll have uh, the mid band is kind of a sweet spot where you will get you know, coverage and capacity because typically most countries have more spectrum to bring to market in the mid band. And then high band, um, again, provides you a lot of capacity. There's a lot of spectrum in the millimeter wave side. Uh, it also provides uh, a lot of opportunities for new services, but it doesn't give you really that coverage layer. So it's a three-tiered approach that we feel that most operators are gonna uh, go down that kind of spectrum roadmap for. In the United States, even though we're a leader in uh, millimeter wave auctioning, we have some challenges when it comes to mid-band. So right now we have an auction that's been delayed uh, uh, for, for good reason, the COVID-19. We have an auction coming up, which would be for what's called CBRS. Um, and that's been in the works for quite some time, but this is a shared spectrum uh, approach at, with CBRS. And CBRS um, is 3550 to 3700, but not all that is licensed. In fact, the, the, the amount of that that will be licensed will be kind of the minority of it all. And it is a shared approach with the Department of Defense and Navy and, 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 uh, and, a, and a shared approach. What is on the roadmap uh, for studying and allocation is we have the FCC uh, putting out uh, their opinion on uh, what would be considered the C-band or C-band satellite spectrum, which is between 3.7 and 4.2, and to make uh, uh, approximately about 300 megahertz of that available to the industry. And that would be um, you know, really uh, a, a great amount of progress forward if we can you know, overcome those obstacles to, to get that uh, uh, completed and out into the marketplace. The other area that 5G America feels very strongly about is this uh, spectrum between 3100 and 3550. And that is controlled by the federal government, which controls most of the spectrum that we have. And that's why um, we, they just came out with their study for 100 megahertz of that. But we feel if you look at what Congress has asked of them, and what many in the industry is looking for is to study the entire 3100 to 3550 so that uh, government working with the industry can come up with solutions to make that mid-band spectrum available or a portion of it, depending on how you pack it and what you do with it, uh, available to the commercial markets. If you look around the world for, for the US to be a leader in 5G or continue to be a leader in 5G, um, you're going to need mid-band spectrum for both uh, the capacity and coverage layer. And that's what you're seeing when you look at the Asia-Pacific markets. And that's what you see uh, being identified in Europe. Um, even Latin America has started processes that um, are starting to identify that mid-band area. So again, lots of, uh, lots of questions within your question, but that's kind of an overview of where we are. 5G Americas feels strongly that mid-band needs to be addressed in the U.S. and that we definitely uh, wrote that letter to make sure that there's heightened awareness of that 3100 to 3550 spectrum. Chris, as you noted, I'm a, a big fan of uh, expansive multi-part questions, so I thought I might pose a second one here. 
uh, you know, based on what you laid out there regarding mid-band, sounds like we're probably going to see the most immediate impact from CBRS. But as you noted, that does have some limitations given that it's shared. You talked a little bit about millimeter wave and U.S. leadership in that regard. We've got some auctions uh, tentatively on the calendar for some more of those high band frequencies. So I guess just, uh, you know, big picture, what are your expectations for continued 5G deployment in 2020? And then as it relates to that millimeter wave piece, you know, I don't need to dissect the deployments that we've seen to date, but I think it's fair to say that they're largely focused on central business districts, urban cores, and public venues, all of which, given COVID-19, is, is where people are not currently. So do you think that there's maybe uh, at least some discussion about pivoting how that particular uh, high band frequency is used in the near term to better serve what might be kind of long-term shifts in the way people work and occupy spaces? Um, I, I haven't seen any announcements by operators that uh, talk about the pivoting. I, I do think the operators are continuing to move forward with their 5G deployment pan, plans. And, uh, and right now in the U.S., uh, a lot of that depends on your spectrum portfolio. And it is a matter of on the low band, um, you know, using existing existing spectrum that you have below three gig in the mid band. If you have some, um, you know, or lower lower to mid band, um, then then you're going to use that. And then high band, you're going to use that. So um, I haven't seen the pivoting away from millimeter wave. I think millimeter wave has um, a great potential and is showing. Um, some of its great capabilities, and we're still learning about it because it's the first time that the industry has used millimeter wave. But um, there is a lot of spectrum that's been put out there by the US FCC. I mean, we have 28 gigahertz, 24 gigahertz, 37, 39, and 47 gigahertz that have all been put out by the FCC or, or, or through private transactions are in the hands of, of uh, operators. So I think you'll continue to see momentum on that, the high band, but you are seeing Definitely, definitely, definitely a lot of momentum on the low band and mid bands um, and specifically the low band where they're reusing some of those existing cellular bands that have been in their portfolio or newly uh, or recently acquired in the last two or three years spectrum to, uh, to put out 5G. So um, not a lot of pivoting like away from millimeter wave, I don't think at this point, but you know, with the COVID-19 situation, um, we are expected to be probably about 18 months away from uh, a vaccine, which according to um, WHO and I think Bill Gates and a few other uh, sources are thinking 18 months. Um, you could see some pivoting away, but um, at this point, I don't see that. I'm not seeing that in the forecast. I think most of our U.S. operators are, are moving forward um, as, as best and practical and appropriately as they can just to get the 5G network infrastructure and devices in the hands of, uh, of customers. So things are moving along in 5G, still making progress, but yeah, I think it, it could, depending on how long this COVID-19 crisis uh, continues, it, 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 it could mean some new strategic decisions, but there is a, a lot of millimeter wave in the hands of operators in the United States, and, and that's a good thing. So Chris, at the beginning of the show, you told me that you're, you're optimistic that 5G is going to change the world. And, uh, you know, based on our discussion of how 
regulators are supporting operator rollouts in the U.S. We are moving in the direction of getting this uh, appropriate mix of low, mid, and high band spectrum out there for mobile services. But to this world changing point, you know, how do you measure it when you think big picture about 5G and what it's going to do in the future? What indicators do you look at when you're thinking about that broad impact on economies and populations? That's a great question because, you know, measurement of connectivity uh, probably is not going to be enough. Even, even subscribers of 5G uh, probably won't be the right measure if you really want to look at the success of 5G. I mean, there's, you know, to give you an example, um, you know, we expect from the forecast that we track that by the end of 2023, there'll be over a billion subscribers worldwide. And currently, you know, we're, we're even at um, 69 worldwide deployments, and that's going to increase over to 200, you know, within a year. So I don't think it's just deployments, and it's just not about, you know, subscribers connecting. I think it's more about the bigger picture of how we enable things in this kind of big recipe to, to help us in our lives. And that would be uh, 5G, um, not to mention LTE Advance, working with, uh, you know, mobile edge computing and web platforms and cloud native uh, capabilities um, and all these different things to really kind of what would be considered transform or change some of the way that we've been doing things for a long time. Um, just as an example, uh, when it comes to a, a smart city, how they view the world in, in managing their city, if we can have more sensors and more connections that are smart connections throughout that city to make them manage better so that um, instead of our tax bill going up, it actually stays the same or goes down and yet traffic gets better because we're managing it better, um, not just building bridges or tunnels every time we have congestion. Um, transportation, this is why I think you had a, a podcast recently with Qualcomm and 5G Americas has filed on this as well, but you know, there's some really important spectrum in, uh, that could be utilized for uh, safety for, for 5G uh, and V2X or vehicle to everything where we can actually show that we're going to be saving lives by connecting all the transportation situation with you know, a vehicle to everything connection. And that, that, that spectrum actually is, we filed on is, is the 5850 to 5925 where we feel that 75 megahertz of spectrum should be utilized for licensed spectrum for vehicle to everything. Other areas would be things like uh, manufacturing. Can we measure how more efficient we are in a factory floor where everything's logistically connected in that floor, factory floor as well as outside that factory floor and there's not cables everywhere and everything's secure in what we do. So it, the measurement of, of how 5G is doing and changing the world isn't gonna be so much about the number of deployments or subscribers, although that's going to help because we need to get those deployments out there and we need to get 5G in the hands of businesses and customers. But it will be how we kind of put this big recipe together. And that big recipe is utilizing, as I mentioned, all these things like artificial intelligence and um, edge computing and cloud native platforms and things like that to start to really change our capabilities as far as productivity. Uh, in the way that we live, work, and play.
sounds like we've got a lot of the ingredients falling in place and uh, we're collaborating to get a recipe together. And so, Chris, I want to thank you for taking the time to tell us about the advocacy that 5G Americas is engaged in and sharing your perspective on whether 5G will change the world. Sean, thank you so much. Um, We're in a difficult time with COVID-19, but I think the industry is doing a great job of of supporting uh, customers throughout the world and and doing things like this to talk about technology is just nothing but uh, a benefit for everyone. So thank you so much for doing this, Sean. Will 5G Change the World is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kane. Thanks for listening.